I'm excited for tonight. It is going to be a good night. Um, we've been talking about supernatural increase and qualifying for supernatural increase. And uh, we're going to kind of continue on those same lines. Um, as I was praying, because um, I think we're in like the ninth or tenth uh, session of qualifying for supernatural increase. And it's been so good and so different every single time. Supernatural increase, for those that don't know, if there's anybody here that doesn't know, is uh, God's supernatural provision for man. How many of you know that it's God's plan to bless you supernaturally? Amen. It's God's plan uh, to move in your finances just like he moves in every other area of your life. Finances aren't exempt from his promise. Finances aren't exempt uh, from his plan. Ayla and I, we have experienced God's supernatural provision in our lives. And uh, we're in a place right now where, again, we're trusting him and we're believing. Um, we're looking. Finally, you know, Isaac, he's three months. Uh, I don't even know what today is, but oh, it's the ninth. Yeah, so he's just just over three months uh, old. So all of our uh, medical bills are starting to come in finally. And man, we're trusting the Lord. is <laughs> um, not at all what we thought it was going to be, to be honest. Um, significantly more. But we uh, are not concerned about it. We just know that God He'll help us out. Uh, so we're trusting him. We're believing him. We're tithing offering givers. We're putting our faith out there, and we're believing that God will, God will, uh, God will touch that place in our lives. But as I was praying about uh, what to talk about today, the Lord began to deal with me about something he's been dealing with me about a lot, um, probably you guys too, about obedience. And while I was praying, in my spirit, the Lord shouted this. I'm not going to shout it because I got a microphone. I don't need to. But he said this. He said, obedience is the key. And I'm like, oh, man, you're about to talk to me. Um, and he did. And he began to speak to me about this. And this, this is what I began to talk with Ayla about. Uh, he began to talk to me about Samuel and Samuel, the prophet Samuel's relationship with Saul. And um, this is when Ayla remembered that the Lord spoke to her maybe over a year ago, maybe longer than that, maybe two years ago about this. And I want, to talk, I want her to talk about this for a little bit. And I believe that this will bless you and it goes right along with what the Lord's been dealing with me about. How many of you know we need to be obedient to do whatever it is that the Lord tells you to do? You know, that includes his written word and that includes that still small voice that speaks to you on a daily basis. You know, it, as a believer, you're obligated. For some reason, there is a whole group of Christians that don't like that word obligated. You know, as a believer, you're obligated to do some things to live a certain kind of way. That's the truth of his word. You have an obligation. When you received him, you obligated yourself. If you're going to continue to profess that you're his, you've obligated yourself to do his word. Amen. Of course, we all mess up. We all fall short at different times. Um, thank God he's gracious. But I want Ayla to talk about this. And uh, amen. Amen. Um, so I'm going to kind of summarize First uh, Samuel 10, I think, is where it starts. But Saul, if you didn't know, was the king of Israel. He was chosen by God to be the king when Israel wanted a king other than God because God wanted to be the leader. And Israel was like, uh, no, I don't think I want that. And I, th I think it's kind of interesting, a side note, they uh, said they wanted to be like everyone else, all the other nations. Um, so God... Yeah, which is pretty dumb. But um, God told them basically, hey, if that's what you want, this is how it's going to go. It's not going to go good for you. Um, but the people said, yeah, even though you said that, that's still what I want. <laughs> and um, 
before he was king, Saul was apparently, he looked similar to Tyler because he was a handsome guy. And uh, <laughs> she'll probably tell me what she wants later. No. A new ring, necklace, something is coming. No, but uh, the Bible does say Saul was a handsome guy. And uh, so Saul and his, uh, uh, this other person, I think it said he was a servant, were out looking for Saul's father's donkeys because they had gone missing. And he can't find them. And then he's like, you know what? I'm about to give up. And then his servant says, hey, before we go back home, I heard that there's a man of God here in Everything he says comes to pass, so let's go talk to him. He, he hears the Lord. And so they go find the prophet Samuel. And every, the thing about Samuel is everyone knows he's the real deal. If he says it, it's true. Uh, he's not just somebody prophesying in the parking lot or in the pews. He has a good reputation. What he says has been proven. Uh, everyone knows it's true. So uh, Samuel tells Saul, uh, go on ahead of me to the place of worship. I'll be there soon. We're going to eat, in the and in the morning, I'll tell you what you want to know. Oh, and by the way, don't worry about those donkeys. They're found, and uh, you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. And after that, Saul tells him that basically... That kind of freaked him out because he's not only from the smallest tribe in Israel, but he's from the smallest family in that tribe. So he's saying, that can't happen. He's basically saying, I don't qualify for that. Um, and he disqualified himself like automatically. And he already decided it wasn't for him, even though he's been told that this man hears the Lord and what he says is right. <laughs> Uh, so they have dinner where Saul is the guest of honor, and the next morning Samuel says he has a message from God for him, and he anoints him and tells him he's been anointed to be king, and all these signs are going to happen. And then after that, he's to go to Gilgal and wait for Samuel seven days. And when he gets there, he's going to do burnt offerings and make peace offerings and tell him what to do next. And uh, the Bible says that everything that Samuel said would happen, happened that very day. And so if you think about it, you know Saul had to be freaking out. He was like, man, everything he said was going to come past, so that means the next thing is going to come to pass as well. And uh, it freaked him out so much that when Samuel gathered everyone together for the king to be chosen, it's that the Bible says Saul was hiding in baggage, but I've also heard people say hiding in trash. <laughs> and I've seen people do things like that when um, they feel like they're less than what God's called them to be, or they feel like they don't belong where God's trying to take them to. They go and hide where they feel like they belong. How many of you guys have experienced that your own self that you have gotten away from what it is that God has said in your life or you've gotten away from his plan or his purpose for you and you've gone and hidden back in that thing that he delivered you from. You know, I think one of the biggest things when the Lord delivered me, 
um, from anxiety and depression. Some of you guys don't know that. Uh, I struggled with that, and it wasn't really that long ago. Um, the Lord delivered me miraculously out of anxiety and depression, and in a moment he did it, something that I struggled with for a long time. He delivered me in a moment, um, and he's, he's in the business of doing that. Amen, but the, there's always a temptation when you are caught up in a bad way to revert back to a place of bondage, to revert back to that comfortable place. You know, even though bondage is not good, sometimes it's comfortable. Even though bondage and uh, that kind of stuff, it leaves a, a, a mess, sometimes it's more comfortable being in the mess than pushing past that and getting over there into the promise of God. Um, the, the Israelites all through history, all through the Bible, all through the Old Testament, and probably still to this day, um, all of those people are still uh, kind of in that same mode of reverting back to a place that's really contrary to the plan and purpose of God for their lives. I believe that the body of Christ falls into this trap often, often. We, we fall into this trap pretty regular. Um, but I love that that point that that Ayla made that he was hiding in baggage or he was hiding in trash. He was hiding in his comfortable place, um, the place that covered him up pretty well. Amen. Sometimes, you know, usually everybody around you knows you're jacked up. You think that you're hiding it, but usually everybody around you knows that you're jacked up. That's just how it is. That's just reality. That's the reality that we live in. So trash, you know, I don't know about y'all's trash. My trash stinks. I'm thankful to God that tomorrow they come and pick up our trash because especially with this guy, our trash is nasty. I open up the lid to that trash can, it's rough. It is rough. And it, it has a way of lingering. Amen. But sometimes that place is more comfortable. You know, in regards to supernatural increase, sometimes it's more, more comfortable to remain in that place of bondage and um, brokenness, I don't think is really a word, but that's a good way to describe it. Sometimes it's more comfortable to remain in that place because that's what we've always known. That's, that's where we've always lived. That's the place where we've always been. Um, you know, you can have money and still have a poverty mentality. That's why some of these, the majority of these people, I think 70% of all people that win the lottery, that win a, a lottery jackpot end up bankrupt. It's because you can throw money at poverty and it doesn't do a thing. Money doesn't change poverty, amen? So, you know, here at Winner's Church for years and years and years, Pastor Ziggy, even before Winner's Church, has taught on supernatural increase. This is something that we've applied to our lives. And, and don't forget where Ayla left off, Saul's hiding in the trash. This is something that we've implemented in our lives. And it's taken such an important place in our lives uh, because we believe that God is trying to get something to us so that he can get something through us. Amen? Amen. Ted knows about that, about getting something, God getting something to him so that he can get it through him. Ted regularly is in that place. We were just talking about it the other day, I think, um, about him getting out there and sowing a seed, sowing a specific seed. And I believe that that's, this is what's required, getting out of that comfortable place, getting out of that trash, getting out of that stronghold, that, that yoke of bondage that's held you back, that's always held you back, that's held your family back. Amen. It's held, it's held your parents back. It's held your, your cousins back, your brothers and sisters, your whole family. But we've determined we're, we're going to be the ones that push past that, that enter into the, the promise of God for our lives because we believe he has a purpose for it. And the purpose, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It has very little to do with finances, really. He'll use finances to do it, but it has very little to do with that. So God's plan is to get us out of that comfortable place, to get us out of that trash. Amen. Amen. And I feel like Saul probably was, when he heard 
that he was anointed to be the leader, he probably started thinking about all the things that made him unqualified to do that. <laughs> and um, in the like, when we get words, when you all get words, when the Lord tells you, I've called you to do this, you probably start thinking about things that tell you, you probably start thinking about your insecurities and start thinking about the weight of all that comes with it. And you're in the natural, you, <laughs> you want to go high. Um, but what I think about, what I think is cool about that is the Lord knew where he was even then and still called him out of that place. Right. Um, even, and I'd like to point out, even though the Lord knew he wasn't going to go well, because he already told the people it's not going to go well, but he still gave them what they wanted. And so I wanted to add, it's, it's best to want what the Lord wants for you. Right. He wants the best for you. Uh, but he still gave them what they wanted, and he still gave Saul a chance. Um, true. So Saul became king. He selected troops, and they're at war with the Philistines. It wasn't going so good for them. So uh, but Saul stayed in Gilgal seven days, like Samuel told him in the beginning. Uh, if you remember, he... Samuel told him, you know, you're going to, you're going to, all these things are going to happen. You're going to go to Gilgal, wait for me seven days, and then we're going to do the offerings. Uh, but the Bible says Samuel didn't come. When Samuel doesn't come, Saul looks at his circumstances and he says to himself, well, I guess I have to do this myself. So he gets the burnt offerings and peace offerings together. And as soon as he's finished with the burnt offerings, Samuel shows up and he says, what have you done? And uh, the reason Saul shouldn't have done that is God told Saul through Samuel to wait. It doesn't, oh, wait, if we don't do what the Lord says to us specifically and to us in his word, how can we expect all his promises to come to pass? Amen. And it doesn't say in the Bible when Samuel showed up, but the, the this is just the way I imagined it. Um, I imagine it being that seventh day and Saul wakes up early in the morning and he's like oh Samuel's coming he's probably expecting him to be there when he wakes up and he's not there and then he's waiting going throughout the day and it's getting darker and darker and still Samuel's not there so then he starts getting anxious and disappointed and he sees things lining up against him and then he assumes Samuel's not coming and gets the offerings together and Samuel shows up and it's probably 11:59 p.m. or even midnight <laughs> but he showed up but Samuel says if you had kept the Lord's command he would have established your kingdom forever but now essentially you've disqualified yourself yeah. uh, the I want to say the Bible says in Psalms 119 verse 105 your word is a lamp to my feet and a guide to my path that to me says that his word shows us where I'm, where we're at and where to go. Uh, God isn't petty. <laughs> he doesn't tell us, if you don't do this, I'm not doing this. But his word tells us how to align ourselves to inherit all he has for us. And, uh, and we're talking about specifically in the case of finances. He tells us, if you give, I can do this. Um, we know in Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down, a bless pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. He told us what we need to do to get into position. Saul, um, so back to the story of Saul. Saul says, 
basically, I waited and you didn't come and it looked really bad. So I took things into my own hands. How many times have we done that? Especially with finances. It looks like it's getting bad. It looks like God's not going to make it in time. So we do things differently than what God says. Um, doing what the Lord says not only positions us to receive, but it keeps us out of trouble. If we go back to Malachi 3, when it says, when it's talking about the tithe um, in verse 11, it says, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. And that's Malachi 3.11. Uh, that tells us if we don't tithe, the devourer isn't rebuked. The fruits of your soil can be destroyed and our vine can fail to bear. Um, and I just had a silly testimony about not doing what the Lord says and how it can keep us out of trouble if we do do what he says. And this is uh, something he told me personally one time. I was actually driving home from Tyler and Andrew's apartment uh, when I first moved here. And it was late at night and I had to work pretty early in the morning and I was like, man, I'm going to drive fast to get home. <laughs> and so I started driving uh, faster than the speed limit, and there was a car in front of me also going fast, but not as fast as I wanted to go. And so I get over in the lane next to them, and I'm and I have in my mind to pass them. And I hear clear as day in my spirit, Ayla, do not pass that car. And so I say, okay, Lord. So I, I just stayed just behind them and I'm just driving. And then after about three, five minutes, I'm like, surely it's okay now. So I, I speed up and go past them. And I'm not kidding. As soon as my car gets in front of them, uh, a police officer does a U-turn on the street and pulls me over. And the, the whole point I brought it up because the Lord didn't tell me uh, you know, don't pass that car for five minutes. But in my, in my mind, in my mind, that made logical sense. And I added to what the Lord told me <laughs> and went off by what it looked. But if I had listened, I would have stayed behind them the whole time. <laughs> and I wouldn't have got pulled over that day. Amen. And that's so true. And that's so like us in the body of Christ that just like Saul, Saul was sitting there waiting and he did good to wait the seven days. He just didn't wait until Samuel got there. <laughs> that's the only thing that messed him up. He, did, he didn't do the whole word. And, you know, we, we're guilty of that same thing pretty regular, that we're not doing the whole word. You know, that scripture uh, in Malachi, it says, uh, let me find it again. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. You know, some people try to get away with an 8% tithe. You know, an 8% is 8 not a tithe. Or they try to get away with less than that. They try to get away with maybe nothing or 100 here and there. You know, different, different things. We try to get away with different things, but that's not the, the, the full tithe. That's not the word of God. And God is looking for a people to, that will rise up, that will raise that standard to be men and women of God, to do his word. Amen. That's why obedience is so important. Obedience is the key that opens the door for us to flow with the spirit of God. Obedience is the key for us to continue to hear his voice, to be led by the spirit of God on a regular basis. Amen. 
Amen. Obedience is the key. God isn't uh, just looking for the same old sacrifice and religious tradition. He's looking for obedience to his word, both his written word and that still small voice and his rhema word, uh, where he speaks to our spirit and leads us every day. We have to tune our ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying. I think that's so important, especially in our giving. We, um, most of you guys know this, but I'll, sh I'll share it anyways. We were looking to buy a house. Was it this time last year? Had to have been about this time last year. We were looking at buying a house. We signed a contract. We went through the whole deal. We were so pumped. We're like, we are buying this house. Building it is going to be awesome. Isaac was the main reason why we were doing it because we were, I tried to convince Ayla. We were in a one-bedroom apartment, and I tried to convince Ayla we can make it. On the third floor, by the way, we can make it. We don't need to get a new place. We can wait. Let's save our money. We don't want to spend more money right now. Well, then we had this like major leak. Everything got soaked. It was a full month before they fixed our AC, fixed the leak, came and cleaned up the nasty carpet that had gotten soaked over the course of the entire month. It was an experience. That was the day that I learned we need to get a different place. Um, this isn't going to work, especially throwing a baby into this mix. It's not a good idea. So we just went for it, and we signed a contract, um, and they were beginning the process. And there was just really something in us that we had. A, there was checks along the entire way. Yeah, Def, he needs a diaper change. Amen. Um, there was checks in our spirit along the entire way throughout the whole process. You know, it wasn't major things, but there was things that were just alarming to us. There were alarms to us. And uh, by the time it was all said and done, we knew we had made a mistake. Um, thank God for his grace. He helped us get out of the contract. He helped us get our earnest money back. And uh, it turned out to not be a huge issue. But what we would have done is bound ourselves, and, bound ourselves and limited ourselves in our giving. And that's not something that we're willing to make a sacrifice on. You know, when the Lord tells us, um, I want you to give $1,000, that's not something that Ayla and I struggle with anymore. When he says 1000 that's not that doesn't hurt us anymore. Um, we can do that. We could do that. There, there was a time um, not that long ago, just maybe six or seven months ago, that it seemed like every week he was telling us to give a thousand for about like a month. So we just did. We just did it. Um, thank God. You know, I'm not. It's not to toot my own horn. It's to say that that used to be a choking point. You know, a hundred dollars used to be a choking point. Fifty dollars used to be a choking point. Um, so we're currently in a place right now where I'm crying out to God, Lord, you said that you'd provide seed to the sower. I'm trusting you for seed. I'm believing to go to that next level. I don't want to just keep getting stuck in this rut of giving a thousand. I want to give you know five thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand. You know. I was hoping to win the Mega Millions, so I give millions. Uh, no, that's, I, the joke was that I said that. The joke was not that I was hoping that I was winning. Me and Joe, we were in the same boat. Marissa, she was in the same boat. Marissa had her faith on it and everything. I'm not comfortable praying about those things. Like, I'm like, I can't, I don't feel comfortable being like, Lord, I'm putting my faith on this. Marissa, she was naming it. She was claiming it. She said, when I win, I can't wait to give Pastor Ziggy this check for the tithe. When I win, I'm doing this for you and Ayla. That's, anytime we buy tickets, that's what we do. Marissa, I'm usually like this. Marissa, if I win, I'm going to pay every, every debt that you have. I'm paying it off and giving you a million dollars. And then she'll tell me, Tyler, if you win, I'll take you to the steak buffet at Riverwind. No, I'm just joking. That's what I said to her. <laughs> that's what I said to her. There was one time, though, that, that I, it was, I think it was over a billion dollars, and I, I told her, Marissa, if I win, you're getting at least a million dollars. And she said, if I win, I'll buy you a new car. I'm like, 
Those are not the same thing, Marissa. <laughs> we, are not on this, we are not talking the same language right now. <laughs> but I'm not comfortable getting my faith out there like Marissa was getting her faith out there. I was hopeful, though. It didn't happen. I didn't even win, not even a dollar, not, four, not the $4, not a dollar, not $5. I won nothing. Um, amen. I just thought that had to be said. Amen. But, you know, God has a plan to get something to you so he can get something through you. God has a plan for all of us, some on different levels, though. I believe that God has called some people to a money ministry, that he's called some to help finance different, different works in the kingdom of God. How many of you know it takes, uh, it takes a, a good deal of money to preach the gospel on the level, in this day and age, on the level that it needs to be preached? It costs money. Right now, it seems like it costs money to cross the street. You know, it didn't used to be that way. Everything's expensive right now, though. Thank God, though, we don't live by uh, the world's economy and the world system. Ayla and I were just talking about this a couple days ago because there's a temptation when you're faced with a large bill, when you're faced with rising expenses, when things keep coming up. Um, whether you agree with it or not, I was hopeful that Ayla has a very, very small amount of student loan debt. I was hopeful that that debt was going to get forgiven. Um, whether you agree with that politically or not. That's not the point. If, that, if it was an option, we wanted it to be our option. <laughs> um, amen. Uh, and we, there's a temptation to get freaked out about those rising costs of things. There's a temptation. We went to Indiana um, during uh, COVID breaking out and things like that to, to visit Ayla's family. And on the way home, gas prices like doubled. We went, and I think we were on our way home. We got to Illinois, and I think I paid like $6 a gallon for gas. What was normally like a $40 tank of gas was like almost a $100 tank of gas. And we had to take a minute and align ourselves with the, with the Lord and what, what it was that he was saying. And I think right then we were just like, you know what, Lord, I thank you that we don't live by this same system that the world does. It doesn't matter. That could be $12 a gallon. I'm still going to buy it because you provide everything that I have need of. When we're faced with having to buy diapers and formula, which thank God we don't have to buy diapers right now. We have an abundance of that. We have an abundance of diapers and abundance of wipes. Formula just a couple of times, but those things are crazy expensive. Uh, groceries, they're crazy expensive. A $15,000 hospital bill, crazy expensive. What are you smiling at? Sorry. He's front row. I got to talk to him. Um, things are crazy expensive, and there's a temptation, you know, even on our part to buy into that and to say, what are we going to do when it's the Lord that's already saying, I have a plan to prosper you. That's my plan for your life is to prosper you. I'll provide seed uh, to the sower and bread for food. Amen. Amen. He's not looking for the same old sacrifice in our giving. He's not looking for the same old ritual. Your, your, your same hundred's not going to do it. It has nothing to do with the amount that you're giving. That's between you and him. But it's the condition in your heart and attitude in how you give it. Amen. If you're giving out of fear and obligation, if you're paying your tithe and giving your offering out of fear and obligation, you, you could be giving millions, but if you're doing it out of fear, if you're doing it from that place of, I don't want to be cursed, that's not the reason why we should be giving. Amen. Has nothing to do with that. We have to get out of that mindset. Amen. But I love what Ayla was talking about, about Saul. And I thought that that applied so well to this word on obedience, because, you know, sometimes the one thing that we're falling short on is obeying what it is that he's telling us to do, or we'll do it halfway. We'll do it just partially. There's a time that uh, me and Denny, I wish Denny was here. I invite him all the time. I wish he'd show up. Amen. Somebody needs to text him and tell him, Denny, you need to come to church. Um, we were at, sitting at a buffet, and the Lord spoke to me and told me, 
uh, you need to go pray for this guy. And I, I told Denny, hey, the Lord just spoke to me. I think you need to go pray for that guy. And Denny, it's one of the few times that I've seen him over there in the spirit on that level. But he said, you know good and well that the Lord told you to go do that. I had to be obedient to the word of God. I had to be obedient to go do that. Long story short, it was crazy. I didn't want to do it because this guy was big and he looked mean. And if anybody was going to get punched, I was hoping it was going to be Denny and not me. Um, I went up to this guy and I gave him a word, simplest thing in the world. I said, God just wants you to know that he misses you. And I felt so silly saying that because it wasn't like, you know, Pastor Ziggy, he'll get a book for somebody. He'll read their mail. He'll tell them all kinds of stuff. That hasn't happened to me very often. Usually those are the things that, he, that the Lord tells me. Um, we were talking with somebody recently and the Lord told me uh, while we were sitting there, he said, you need to say something about honoring your mother and father. And that was a meaningful word in that moment. That's a simple thing, but it's a meaningful word uh, when it's the Lord saying it. Um, anyways, this, this big old guy started crying and after I gave him that word. He's like, I haven't prayed since I was like four years old, and I've been feeling like I needed to pray since my mom died and all this stuff. I led him to the Lord right there. Uh, it was awesome. At least I think it was a long time ago. I think I led him to the Lord right there. Ayla will remember the testimony. Did I lead him to the Lord or no? I think that I did. Lord knows I'm not trying to lie if I'm lying right now. Uh, amen. But when we're obedient to do what he says, we align ourselves and we are tuning our ears to hear what it is that he's saying. It helps us all day long, all week long, all month long. Just that one moment in his presence, it'll, it'll, it'll benefit you. And we have to do the same in our giving. The, the tithe is not all that, that the Lord has asked for. He, he asked for tithe and he asked for an offering. We have to be obedient to give offerings. Amen. Your tithe, your tithe is the minimum. That's the minimum. 10% is the minimum. This last year, Ayla and I, we set out to give, and we gave the most, of course, for sure, that we've ever given individually. Um, and I think that we ended up overall giving nearly 20% of our income, which is a miracle. That's a testimony of the goodness of God because nothing said last year that we should be increasing. Nothing. Nothing said that we should be giving and giving and giving. And the Lord spoke to us and told us at the beginning of, of the year uh, last year and really the same this year too that there was a specific amount amount every single guest speaker that we had the Lord told us an amount to give to that guest speaker and it was a challenge it was a challenge because we'd save all this money up and then it was gone I mean like that because he would tell us to give it and we wondered why for a long time and then this year you know inflation rose things went through the roof we added over $1,000 to our expenses monthly, and we have not seen our finances drop not one bit. We haven't seen our grocery bill has doubled, and we haven't seen that impact our finances not one bit. It's because we aligned ourselves with God's economy and not the economy of man. You know, this economy here in this world will fail you. Money will fail you. The banks will fail you. But God, he never fails. Amen. We know, it's God's word, God, what, we know it's God's will to prosper us. Um, 3 John 1, uh, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things, say all things, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Amen. He, he, he wants us to prosper, and we know the reason why he wants us to prosper. Psalm 35, 27, it says, Let, let them shout for joy and be glad, 
First of all, that is not a picture of the church today. Let them shout for joy and be glad. That may be a picture of this church, but that's not a, a picture of the church as a whole. We don't see a lot of that happening. Let it, let, we don't see a lot of shouting for joy and being glad. But it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them uh, say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So we know he wants us to prosper, and we know why he, wa- he wants us to pros- prosper, because it brings him pleasure. He enjoys it when we prosper. Amen? Amen. You know, prosperity has very little to do with finance. I believe 100%, maybe 1,000% that God wants to get an idea of uh, supernatural increase, this concept of supernatural increase um, to you, that revelation to you, so that it's the last thing on your mind, so it's the last of your concern. Pastor Ziggy says this, and I think it's so awesome. Uh, You pray better when you have money in the bank. You praise better when you have money in the bank because our temptation is, man, especially men, our temptation is to toil. Our temptation is to toil to make sure that we're able to provide for our families. Ayla has a desire to be a stay-at-home wife, a stay-at-home mom. Um, I told her when we were first trying uh, to have a baby, I told her, I said, I'm going to be a stay-at-home husband. You can work you can get two jobs. I don't care. I want to I stay at home. I just wanted all the benefits. You know what I mean? I wanted all the fun stuff. I wanted to sleep in and hang out with Isaac and his first words be dad. And we just get to play all the time. And she gets to change all the diapers. Um, of course, it didn't work out that way. Ayla wasn't going to let it work out that way. Amen. But Ayla desires to be at home full time. Um, I just got a job here a few weeks ago that I'm working from home full time, which is amazing. I'm loving it. It's Man, let me tell you, it's incredible. Um, so we're now are getting our faith out there. Um, you know, when Isaac came around, we talked about it. We had a pretty lengthy discussion about it that it really Ayla could stay at home now. We don't really need her income. We would have to make some adjustments to our lifestyle. Um, we have a Andy's problem. Andy's frozen custard. You guys ever been to Andy's frozen custard? We have an issue with that. I mean, you know, this... I, this past year and in this year uh, so far, for the first time in my life, I have eaten meals and thought, I need to repent. I've never felt that way before. Pretty regular right now. I'm going to Andy's and like, Lord, I'm sorry. As I'm taking a bite of my hot fudge sundae. I'm sorry for this, Lord. This is not holy. This is not godly. We have a problem, though. You know, they give you a reward. For every $50 you spend, you get a $5 reward. There was one week, I think we got two rewards. That's... That's an issue. Something's wrong with that. We, we looked at the money we were spending, and Ayla said, no more. We got to cut that out. So we stopped going to Andy's. We started getting Icy's from OnQ instead, because that's better somehow. But, yeah, it is a little bit cheaper. But, I don't even remember. I lost my train of thought. Oh Amen, don't go to Andy's. What did I say before that? Yes, we, thank you so much. We, are adjust, we have to make adjustments to our lifestyle. To, if we're going to have her stay at home right now, we are going to have to make adjustments to our lifestyle to accommodate that. We'll have to cut, back, cut way back on the Andes. Um, we'll have to cut way back on the eating out. That's something else we do pretty regular. Um, we may have to downsize to one car, right? I mean, there are different things practically that we may need to do to accommodate that. So I left it up to Ayla. You could do whatever you want. Same thing with having another baby. I left it up to Ayla. We can do anything that you want to do. If you, I want to have another baby, 
But if you don't, I understand. And I will be okay with that. So whatever it is that you want to do. Thank God Ayla is a godly woman. And she desires to hear what the Lord has to say about that. Um, Which is what I was counting on to begin with. Amen. Um, Ayla decided for us, though, that, you know, I don't really want to change our lifestyle. We're pretty comfortable. So we're working our faith and trusting the Lord to bring us to that place, to that level that we need to be for her to be at home full time and not suffer any loss. Um, And I think that that's wisdom. I think that that's good. Something that's really cool about Ayla, she's actually said this. I met Ayla in 2014, 2015, 2013. What was it? 2014. Um, Ayla, when, I wish Andrew was here, but me and Andrew used to live together. Uh, For years we lived together. And Ayla, she told me, she said, we're going to be friends. And I, I vaguely remember having this conversation. I'm like, no, we're not. (laughs) honest. I really said that. Um, And now she's my wife. And she reminds me of those things pretty regular. Um, But she used to come hang out with us all the time. It seemed like we would wake up and we'd just hang out all the time. Me, Andrew, Ayla, my cousin Ronnie, uh, Gaby, I think was there some of the time. Denny, uh, maybe some of the time. There was one, one night after church, I think everybody in the whole church came through our apartment. Literally, I think everybody in the entire church came through our, with the exception of maybe the Salazars. I don't remember seeing y'all over there, but it was, it was kind of overwhelming. Um, but Ayla, she would come over all the time and we would hang out all the time. Ayla knew that God had called me to preach and her and Andrew would scheme regular on how they could get me full-time preaching. I'm like, y'all just need to let the Lord work that out. So I ended up losing a job and they're like, we got this. We, this is our moment. We're, you, you don't go get another job. You don't need to get another job. We'll take care of your bills. And which now I look back at those bills, we, me and Andrew were struggling to pay. I think our rent was maybe $611 and we split that. And we were struggling at that time to pay that. Um, it was wild, but they they were all, so since 2014, Ayla has encouraged me and told me regular, I will do whatever I need to do for you to preach full-time. Still saying that, just said it the other day. I'll work, I'll retire from the state if that's what's required for you to do what God's called you to do full-time. Incredible, right? Isn't that awesome? There's not very many people in the world that can say that. There's a whole, there's a whole lot of husbands and a whole lot of wives that are like, nah, you're not doing that without me. That's the truth, right? And hopefully you guys aren't sitting, sitting there thinking, that's my husband, that's my wife. But, you know, that's really true. There are so many that are in that place. It's like, no, if it's not with me, you're not doing it. And we have a desire to do that together. But more important than our desire is the call of God, the call and plan of God. Um, so Ayla, she's gotten her faith out there. I will never forget some of the seeds that Ayla has sown. Um, just in my life over the years. And now she's my wife. It's wild. Um, We talk about it pretty regular. How crazy is it that this is the place that we ended up? Um, I don't know that if he would have shown me this from the beginning that I could have even received, that I could have even believed that it's what he was saying. Our life is, seriously, it's incredible. The Lord, he's worked such a miracle and done such incredible things. And then Isaac came along and changed everything all over again. It's amazing. Um, Obedience is the key to blessing. Amen? Obedience is the key. When we step out of alignment with him, when we step out of that place of alignment, that place of fellowship, we open ourselves up to the attack of the enemy. You know, when it's God's stuff, when you've given him everything, when you have really surrendered your life and everything belongs to him, which it really already does anyways, we just have to line ourselves up with that. The Bible says that the, that the, uh, 
that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? So everything belongs to him. Um, when we say, God, everything I have is yours, what we're doing is we're aligning ourselves with that word. We're putting ourselves in that equation. Lord, I know it's already yours, but I'm aligning myself with that. And I'm, I'm willing to be obedient to what it is that you tell me to do. When it's his stuff, when you give it over to him, he takes care of his stuff. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know, our, as believers that are following after the spirit of God, that are sowing, that are giving offering, your stuff should last longer than anybody else's stuff. Oh, yeah. Your shirts should last longer. Your shoes should last longer. Your cars should last longer. Ted tells this testimony of a, a car that I drove where I drove on a donut. He says it was for two years. I don't believe that it was for two years, but I did drive on it for an unreasonably long time. Um, I went, this is so bad. You know donuts, you're only supposed to drive like 50 on them and really only to the place where you're getting a, a new tire. I drove on, I drove everywhere. I drove to Texas on that donut. I drove all over the place on that donut. I drove every, it was supernatural, it really was. Your stuff should last longer. Now, that was the grace of God, if I'm being honest. That's not wisdom, that was God's grace. Don't go do anything like that. Um, there was a time where Pastor Ziggy, right before he got the plane, I actually think we were in revival in Springfield, Ohio, and I think it was the last trip that we took driving, or maybe second to last, I can't remember. But it was right before he got the plane, we were driving home, and I, I'll never forget this. This is one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen. I didn't know that God could do anything like this. And I'm open. You know, I'm, I'm skeptical of some, but I'm open, like, to see God do miracles, to do crazy things, to do out there things. I'm open to, because his word is full of those situations. So we're driving home, and Pastor Ziggy had been driving all night. So I, that's probably, what, a 15-hour drive? Something like that, Springfield, 50, about 15-hour drive. We were... Uh, all the way to Tulsa, or just about to be to Tulsa. So we, he had probably been driving for about 13 hours, roughly, give or take a little bit. And we got to Tulsa, and he's like, ah, I'm going to have to stop for gas. And we were in a BMW. It was super nice, one of my favorite cars he's ever had. And I was just along for the ride. You know, I'm just hanging out. I don't, even, I don't think I was 16 yet. I may have just turned 16. And uh, I'm just along for the ride. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll have to stop for gas. And he's like, dude, you're not going to believe this. And I'm in the passenger seat and I look over and he's pointing at the dash. And, and as he points at the dash, I watched the gauge the, for the gas. It was on E, light was on. He had to get gas. I watched it just start rising. Some of y'all are not going to believe me that this is true. This is hundred percent honest truth. It, not, not from, it didn't go from empty to like just a little bit. It wasn't just enough to get home. It went all the way. We watched it, and it wasn't just like from one to the other quickly. It was slow. It was like, and we were like, I can't believe that this is happening. I mean, we're having a conversation while it's going on. I can't believe this is happening. Didn't have to stop for gas. We made it all the way home. It was incredible. One of the most incredible things that I've ever seen. Your stuff should last longer. Things should go farther. When you are a believer, when you are flowing with the Spirit of God and you're giving, you should not just, you shouldn't just be giving. You should also be receiving. We don't give to receive, amen? See, that's, the world has an issue. My family has an issue with a lot of the things that I believe because that's what they believe that I believe, that I'm giving, I'm giving just so I can receive. That has nothing to do with it. And when we give, we trust the Lord for, for his word to come to pass in our lives. But we're not giving because there's a blessing that comes along with it. We give because we want to worship the Lord in every area of our lives. We want to, we want to bless the Lord with our, our words. We want to bless the Lord with our finances. We want to bless the Lord with everything that we possibly can. Um, but the world, they don't, it's, it's not something that can be understood unless you're in a place to understand it. Amen. 
You know, it's hard to explain that. They're like, well, you just want to name it and claim it. You know, to me, like, yeah, absolutely. That's not a bad thing. I'll have whatsoever I say. Well, whatsoever, does that mean finances? It means whatsoever. I mean, I, in, any other, in any other area, in any other place in the whole entire world, you can talk that way and people understand. And there, it's not, nobody goes into digging into, well, what does whatsoever really mean? Whatsoever applies to these things. We serve a big God, amen? We have to get over there and allow God to do whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, so we desire to bless the Lord in everything that we do and everything that we have with, with everything that we are. We, you know, we've been singing that song here recently and it, uh, it's a, one of the part of the lyrics and man, it got me just the other day when we were singing it. It's not, I'm always looking kind of where Hilda is at because she'll take a picture. You'll be like deep into worship. Next thing you know, you're on the website. Unless you're me, I never end up on the website. I never end up anywhere, not, not the post, not the website. I'm not sure how it happens, but she, didn't, she never takes my picture. I was thanking God the other day because I was snotting all over the place. I was crying. Is that song where we were singing, all my heart, all my soul, all I own, you can have it all. For some reason the other day, that just hit me different. And I'm like, Lord, you really can. I hope you know that, that in my life, you really can have whatever. If you look into my life and you see something that you have a use for, you can have it right now in this moment. You can take it. It belongs to you. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you can have it. And that's the way that we live our life. Lord, whatever it is, that you can have it. You can have whatever, whatever you want in our lives. However you want to use us, God, you can use us. You know, sometimes we mess it up. But we, we, we try our best not to. I think everybody falls into that boat and uh, messes it up, even in our giving from time to time. Um, you know, there's always a temptation when uh, costs are high and, and the, the world's economy is in the condition that it's in. And even worse than this, um, there's always the temptation to cut back in our giving. We ramped way up in our giving. We cut in other areas. We cut all the extra that we possibly could in every other area to facilitate the giving that we believe that the Lord was calling us to do. You know, the church would be a better place and the world would be, be a better place if people took that attitude in every area when it came to their walk with God. Uh, let me ramp this up. This is the time that I really need to be giving. Uh, I know what's coming. We, and we knew by the Spirit, there was just something in us that knew there's a crash coming. Something bad is about to happen. The world is going to struggle, but we're not going to participate with that because we're going to align ourselves with his word and we're going to stretch ourselves out. Amen. You were in here, you were changing Isaac, but I was telling him, you know, $1,000 used to be a choking point. That used to be a place that was, it was a struggle until like the 10th time that he told us to do it. Then it was like, only one, Lord? You only want one this time? Not two, not three? And now we're at this place where, and I'll, I'll put it out there just because you know, it's a small group and it's not that it really matters. Um, we're in this place right now where I'm crying out to God, Lord, your word declares that you'd provide seed to the sower. And I am trusting you for $5,000 because not for, I, I have a need for $5,000, but I'm not trusting you for that. I'm trusting you because I desire to sow a $5,000 seed, not $1,000 five times. That's not what I'm desiring to do. I'm desiring to write a $5,000 check and drop it in that offering basket. That's just, a, that's just a desire that I have. I desire to go to that place so that we then can go to the next place and to the next place. And that. Wouldn't it be great if Pastor Ziggy got up here and said, well, there's a building for sale, you know, just down the street, $2.5 million. And we're like, mm, let me see. Are you sure that's all you need, Pastor Ziggy? What about, you know, what about uh, landscaping? 
Let me pay for the landscaping and, and the, getting the lawn mowed for a year. Let me pay the utilities for a year as well. How much do you think that that would cost? Another, you know, maybe $500,000 total. Let's go ahead and add that in there. And what else? What about a new plane? Can we go ahead and take care of that need too? We're, we're desiring to be dream fulfillers, to be need meters and dream fulfillers. And it's not for just any, any particular reason, but we, we, we want to align ourselves with God's word. We want to be, when God is, when the spirit of God is looking through all of the earth for somebody to use, we want him to see us on his checklist for, for everything that he possibly can use us for. We want him to be like, well, we can use him to go to the hospital and pray for the sick. Check, yep, I can do that. We want to use them to preach and teach the word. Yep, check, can do that. We want to use them to give big money. That's where we're at right now. We're, we're desiring to get over to, there to that place where the Lord can call on us and use us. So $5,000 is the next step. That's a choking point for me. It's not that we haven't done it or we couldn't do it. It's that it hurts a little bit. How many of you know it should cost you something when you're giving? That's why we're in that place because $1,000, it doesn't, it doesn't really cost us anything anymore. It doesn't. I hope you hear what I'm saying when I say that. It's not that $1,000 is insignificant. You know, to some it, it, it is because of where they're at in life, but to some it's not. It's not that it's insignificant. It's just that, that we're, trying to, we're trying to graduate here. We're trying to go to the next level. And to do that, it has to cost us something. So that's where we're at right now. Lord, how do we get to that place? That we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to work that out. I believe he, he gave me a word. We sowed a seed. Uh, several months ago towards our new building, which I believe that we're move, I believe we're moving into a new building. Amen. We have a need to, to move into a new building and for uh, space and for lots of other reasons. And we, we sowed a seed in faith towards that. And the Lord spoke to me and told me, you know, you gave that. And because you gave that, I'm going to give you this. Well, I'm not dumb because there was a lot of zeros in between those two things. I knew exactly what he was saying. I'm going to graduate you, and then I'm going to graduate you, and I'm going to graduate you to the next level, to the next level, if you're led by my spirit. How many of you guys want to be led by the spirit in your giving? Oh, yeah. Amen. How many of you want to hear him say, give this, and you're okay to do that? You know, the first step to doing that, I, we didn't talk about this, but I assume it was the same. The first time that the Lord told me, I want you to give that 20, I remember when I first got born again, right after I got saved, I started working at Sonic. I was making $2.13 an hour plus tips. I did pretty good in tips because the, the shifts that I worked, there was a lot of old ladies that came around. And for some, Ayla makes fun of me for this, but for some reason, I've always really done well communicating with older women. I'm not, not in a flirty way or anything like that, but just I've done really well. They tipped big. I did, I did good um, when I worked there because of my clientele. Amen. <laughs> what? Ayla makes fun of me all the time for those kinds of things. Do you have something to say? Okay. But um, I, we were in revival in Newcastle at Glory Promise Center. And while we were there, the Lord told me, I want you to sow this seed. It was, we were having an I'll never be broke another day in my life offering. And I'll never forget this. He said, I want you to sow this seed. It wasn't anything crazy. It's like 40 bucks. But it was my 40 bucks. It was the 40, not just my 40 bucks. It was the 40 bucks. It was the 40 bucks to last me for a long while, a long period of time, at least a couple of weeks. Can you imagine $40 over a two-week period, how you're going to stretch that out? Now I think about that, Mike. There's no way. Like, I've, you can't even hardly eat on 40 bucks. I mean, that's just, it's wild. 
Um, but that was a choking point for me at that time. That $40 was everything to me. And I, I sat there for a minute and I just gave that seed. You know, because I worked at Sonic, some of that was in change. You know, it was like $18 in quarters and it's kind of ridiculous. But I sowed that. And when I sowed that, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you'll never work another secular job another day in your life. And I was like, yeah. I actually quit my job shortly after that. Um, was that wisdom? Absolutely not. It was fun, though. Um, it was. I don't know if you've ever quit a job like that that is not very fun to work, but quitting those kinds of jobs is some, somewhat of an enjoyable experience. Um, so I quit that job, and, you know, I've worked about five other secular jobs since then, but the word of the Lord, it's still true. It's still as, as true today as it's always been. What he was saying to me was this, I will provide everything that you have need of. If you will align yourself with my system, if you'll align yourself with my word, I'll provide everything that you ever have need of. Whatever need you have, I will meet and not just meet, but I'll exceed. Amen, because that's what he's in the business of doing. Amen. Amen. You can trust the Lord to increase. Uh, you, can, you can trust the Lord to increase you in every area of your life, but increase can't come in the absence of obedience. That's the truth of his word. Increase can't come in the absence of obedience. God desires, he's not looking for you, he's not looking to just tell you what to do all the time in a sense of uh, legalism. It's not follow these rules and you get all my benefits. It's give me all your stuff and I'll give you all mine. And his stuff is better, amen? His stuff is so much better. We found, we found this to be true um, since Isaac has been around. You know, it's... When you become a parent, I had no idea. People always told us, well, you'll know when you're a parent. It's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, then, I mean, literally, as soon as I saw him, he came out, he opened his mouth, and he started crying. And then I looked at Ayla, and she's like, Whew. And I look back at him, and he's just like, he opens his eyes real big. Well, I say he opened his eyes real big. He just opened his eyes. His eyes are just real big. Um, he opened his eyes and I saw him and immediately I understood what everybody was talking about. My life was completely different. I mean, in a second, I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, you immediately in the world, in the natural, become aware of how dangerous this world is, how dangerous this life is. You become aware of all of, all of your responsibilities as a parent. I'm like, he's going to have to be a good man someday. And we're his parents, so if he's not good... That's on us, you know, at least a good chunk of that. Um, so, you know, immediately we're, we're training ourselves. We're like, Lord, he's yours. We need your help. So nearly every day we talk about that. We see videos uh, on TikTok. You guys ever see a video on TikTok? You see a bunch of funny videos, and then all of a sudden you see one, and you, you, know, you get a little tear, you start crying. You're like, oh, my gosh, soldiers coming home. I don't know why, but that always gets me. I, now I just scroll past it because if I watch it, I'm like, Ayla knows. I'll tell her, don't look at me right now. <laughs> but Isaac came around and immediately we knew we needed help you know that's the same truth for every other area of our life we need his help we need his guidance we need his leading we need to tune our ear to hear what the Lord is telling us to do especially in our giving in this season right now the economy is crazy interest rates are crazy inflation is crazy and you know you know what's not, what's not following along with that same trend wages you know, I don't know if you guys that work jobs, that work, you know, secular jobs, 
see this as well as much as we have that you know inflation is just rising and rising and rising wages aren't rising at the same pace that inflation is rising and there's a temptation to get mad about that there's a temptation to get frustrated pastor ziggy preached a word man it helped me so much because i was on leave i took six weeks off to be with ayla and to be with isaac and i was on leave paid for by my company not paid for by me it wasn't money out of my pocket but you know, during that leave, I'm like, this is ridiculous. They're not paying me any more money as I'm sitting at home on the couch. Um, but Pastor Ziggy preached a word, and he's like, you're not entitled to a single thing. You know, for the last three weeks of that six weeks, I told Ayla, she's like, it's, your leave's almost over. I'm like, yep, and I'm going back to work, and I'm not entitled to nothing. I'm not entitled to them being good to me. I'm not entitled to them being nice to me. I was trying to line myself up because I realized that I had gone, I had gone way off. And I'm like... I'm deserving of something? No, I'm, not, I'm deserving of nothing. Definitely not deserving of uh, what I even have now. But when we line ourselves up with the kingdom of God, when we line ourselves up with his plan, man, he has a way of getting things to you. He has a way of getting things through you. He has a way of making a way of reaching his hand out and pulling you out of a mess. Amen. Pulling you out of debt, distress, discontentment. Amen. And he doesn't just do it uh, for no reason. He does it for his glory, but he does it because he loves you. He has a desire to see you do that. He, 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 uh, it's his pleasure to see us prosper. Amen. Oh, yeah. Obedience is something that opens the door of your life and helps you kick the devil right out. Amen. Obedience and being obedient to the word of God allows you to open that door of your life. The same, those same doors that the enemy crept in, those same places that you allowed him to creep in and to touch different places. You know, I think it's so cool. I was talking, I think maybe it was with Gil I was talking um, with this about here recently that, yeah, I think that it was, uh, me and Ayla were. Um, when the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate something in your life, it's because God has decided that you're ready to deal with that thing right? Oh, did you want to say something? Okay. But when, when uh, God illuminates something, you know, there was a time where God illuminated anger in my life. And there's been a time where he illuminated that thing again, and he illuminated it again. And there's different areas because he decided that he, it was time to deal with those things, that I, I was capable uh, with his help of, of dealing with those things. You know, I believe that in this season right now that there are some, maybe many of us, that God is illuminating um, this thing of giving and receiving and finance, supernatural increase. I think that he's illuminating this for a very specific purpose. You know, he's trying to get something across to us. He's trying to get something to us. Um, he's trying to stretch our capacity. Amen. You know, we, we always have an issue with stretching. We always have an issue with um, you know, we, we talked about those choking points. Sometimes it's a struggle to go to that next level. Sometimes it's a struggle to give it all. Sometimes it's a struggle um, to sacrifice something, to put a little extra in the offering, to be obedient to what it is that God is saying. But you know, the, that stretching, what it does is it increases your capacity to receive what it is that he has for you. When you're giving something to the Lord, he's not looking to just fill that, that space up with the same stuff. He's always looking to expand that thing. Amen. He's always looking to, to, for you to grow, to go further. Um, you want to say something? I thought you had something to say. I was, I was just going to add that um, when he was talking about Isaac, from the moment I got pregnant, um, like the Lord, that was in the season when the Lord was telling us, pay for these people's dinner, so a thousand, so 500. And some of that was around other people, and they would tell us, 
you don't need to be doing that right now. You have a baby on the way. But uh, <laughs> it's true, but we told them, we said, we, because we have a baby on the way, because we have a need arising, this is when we need to sow the most. <laughs> Man, that is so true. And that's, it's not anybody did anything wrong. People care, you know what I mean? Twilight, Twilight, I think, was one of those. Not to put you, not anything bad or anything like that. But Twilight was one where she's like, I almost told y'all, you probably shouldn't be doing that because you are going to need that. And I'm like, yeah, we know. That's the exact, huh? Yeah, I'm like, that's the exact reason why we need to do that because we need what comes back with that thing. And, you know, we saw a harvest on that. We've, we've seen many harvests on those things. Um, you know, when we, we're talking in the natural, it's, uh, it's tempting to tell people, you probably shouldn't be doing that right now. You know, I understand you have a need. You're going through it. You got debt. You know, your, your family, they need that money. You need this. And, you know, we have to be obedient to, to preach and to teach the word of God. You know, the word of God doesn't teach, you know, when you have a need, it's okay to give less. That's not the word of God. The word of God doesn't teach that. Our giving shouldn't be based on need. Amen? Our giving shouldn't be based on that. It should be based on whatever, whatever it is that he's saying. We would do so much better if we would just allow him to tell us what it is that he wants us to do in every area of our life, in our ministries, in our callings. Um, you know, a lot of people would do good if they would hear the voice of God when he tells them where to go to church. You know, Andrea and uh, Raphael and their family, I believe that they did that. There was, and you know, just as a, a good example this is so crazy. I finally got to share the full testimony with them. They got the, the nice version before, but now we know each other. They got the real version, the true version. Um, Andrea posted in this group where we were actually going to be building a house. Uh, it was a Facebook group. Uh, one Saturday night, she posted, maybe it was Friday, but I think it was probably Saturday night she posted this. And she said, I'm looking for a church. And then she began to list some things. On her list of things, it's like spirit-led, deliverance. I saw deliverance. I'm like, nope. Not recommending Winner's Church. Not because deliverance doesn't happen here, but I know what kind of people talk about deliverance. Flaky people. And we don't want another flaky person to come to Winner's Church. You know, that's how I'm thinking. I'm telling Ayla this. I'm, we're sitting there. I'm like, I'm not recommending Winner's Church because she'll probably show up and she's probably flaky. And again, no offense. I, know, I knew nothing about her at this time. This was Saturday night. And... I was on media that next Sunday, so I had to wake up early. I had to be here at 7.30, so I think I probably woke up at 6 o'clock. And I was getting ready. While I was getting ready, the Lord told me, you need to comment on that post and recommend Winner's Church. Well, it's a whole different ballgame when the Holy Spirit's talking to you about it. So I was quick. I got on there. When I look on there, she probably had 40 comments on that post. So-and-so Church of Christ. Um, I'd love to talk to you about what I believe. You know, there were so many people that had all these, all these things that had nothing to do with what she was talking about. Something-something uh, Baptist Church. Uh, this and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling you what the, what the post said. And I, I told Ayla, I'm going to be obedient to do what the Holy Spirit told me to do, but I'm not going to say anything else. I tagged the Winner's Church page. I left it at that. I came to church. When I got to the, uh, to the church, I looked, and she had loved the comment. I'm like, she's coming to church. This is going to be interesting. You know, this is going to be really interesting. This is why it's important to be led by the Spirit. It's why it's important to hear what, it, hear what it is that the Lord is saying and be obedient to do what he's telling you to do. I had written her off as a flake. I mean, in my book, that was it. She's a flake. I knew nothing about her. She came to Winner's Church, and they've been ever since. And they're, 
I believe that this is true for everybody in this room. And if it's not, you just don't know them. They're a complete thousand percent blessing. Their whole life is a blessing. They're incredible. There's nothing flaky about them. I had to repent. I'm like, Lord, these are good people. I mean, so then things start happening. And I'm watching, you know, because like I said, I can be a skeptic sometimes, sometimes in a bad way. Sometimes it's not so bad, but sometimes in a bad way, I can be real skeptical. So Pastor Ziggy will say something about deliverance, and I'm trying to look to see like how they're taking that, like what they're about to do. I'm waiting for them to get up someday and try to get the mic or, you know, just anything that's a red flag. I'm just waiting for it. You know, that's never happened. Thank God. But people would benefit if they would just hear the voice of God when it came to where to go to church. I believe they heard the voice of God. I think that they showed up and they heard it. Andrea, Andrea definitely heard it and probably went home and said, Raphael, this is it. And Raphael was probably like, no, it's not. This is not it. <laughs> Thank God that they're here. That's why it's so important to be led by the Spirit, to be led in every area of our life. You know, this applies so well to supernatural increase because there's a blessing that only comes through obedience. There's a blessing that it can only come through obedience. We think that God just wants, some think that God just wants to take our stuff. God doesn't want to take your stuff. He wants to replace your stuff. He wants, to, he wants you to give up your stuff so he can give you his Amen. And his stuff is so much better. Amen. Amen. There was one more thing that I wanted to share, and it actually has to do with Ted. Um, you know, Ted, you would think this is not a knock against Pastor Ziggy or anything like that. We have complete respect for Pastor Ziggy, and we think that he is, like, top-notch. Um, I've heard a lot of other preachers, but I've never been impacted the way that I've been impacted by his ministry. I think that's true for all of us. But Ted was actually one of the first ones that really taught me about giving and receiving and really the nature of God when it came to blessing. Um, Ted, man, how many of you know Ted is a big time blessing? He's awesome. Ted is a giver. You know, Ted, when I first got saved, Ted would come and pick me up for every revival meeting that, we, that was within driving distance. He came and picked me up for every single one of them. And I know that was not convenient for him. I know it, it couldn't have been. I know he probably did it because I'm Pastor Ziggy's nephew. And there may have been some sense of obligation to do that because of who Pastor Ziggy is is in my life, and Ted trying to honor Pastor Ziggy by doing that, to make things easy uh, on everybody. So Ted, what he would do is he would drive way out from, some of y'all know where Ted lives, way out, uh, way, way out. One time Ted tried to get me to, this isn't a knock, Ted, but one time Ted tried to get me to, uh, I owed Ted $10. Ted had given me $10 to sow into an offering. Ted said, hey, you want to bring that by my house? I'm like, I'll give it to you at church. I'm not driving all the way out there. I'll spend $10 in gas just to get you that $10 bill. No way. He lives way out there, way out there. So Ted drove all the way from there, all the way to my parents' house in North Edmond, and then from there all the way to Pastor Ziggy's house to pick up Pastor Ziggy, and then from there to revival. After church, it'd be late at night. We would, this is where it got fun. This is where actually I learned a lot about the nature of God and who God is to us and how much he loves us through Ted's life. Um, after church, we would go, sometimes we'd go eat. Sometimes Pastor Ziggy would be tired. We'd take him home. So he would, we would drive, sometimes go somewhere else, drive all the way to Pastor Ziggy's house. After that, Ted, if we hadn't eaten, sometimes if we had eaten too, if I'm being honest, um, we... Ted knows what I'm about to say. We would drive to McDonald's by my parents' house. And at that time, 
I, I believe I had quit my job at that time. I didn't have any money. I was living, you know, at my parents' house. The food that they had was the food that I ate. Um, the gas that I had was either a blessing from somebody or I begged my parents or something along those lines. I wasn't, I didn't have finance, you know, I didn't have money saved up. And we'd get in line at uh, McDonald's sometimes after we've already eaten a meal and Ted would say, do you want anything? And I'd say, oh no, I'm good. I don't have any money, so I'm, I'm good. I'll just eat a snack when I get home. And Ted would say, well, as long as you're with me, you have money. Okay. And at first I'm like, Oh, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> You're just being nice. That went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And you know what I realized? That wasn't just Ted talking. That was the Lord talking through Ted. It wasn't, Ted wasn't saying, as long as you have me, brother Ted, you have money. What he, what he was saying was, as long as he has me and you have him, he has a resource to get something through to you. He was being a blessing big time. And then I also learned that sometimes, you know, if you're real tired, eating, eating a McDouble on the way home will keep you awake. That's why we stopped. Uh, because Ted, like I have an Andy's problem. Ted had a McDouble problem. Uh, maybe still does. I don't know. I was also telling Ayla here pretty recently, I introduced Ayla to the Jack in the Box egg rolls. I don't know if you've ever had them. They're real good. Ted introduced those to me. That was another one of those times that Ted said, Oh, no, if you're with me, you have money. We're getting some egg rolls. That was on the way to Pastor Ziggy's house. Um, but we would do that for weeks and weeks all over the place. We went to churches in Oklahoma City, to Newcastle, to Yukon. We went all over. And every time, Ted would be like, all right, I'll be here to pick you up tomorrow. Never complained about it, at least not to me. That, was, that showed the nature of God to me. I learned something about God during those times because God, he is always giving He's never holding it back from us. It's all, he's always in the process of getting something to us. He's never in the process of taking it away or anything like that. He's always giving. You know, we would do good to have that same attitude. Every opportunity that we have to put ourselves out there, Lord, it's not a question of if you want, to do, if you want me to do something, what do you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? Because I believe you desire to use me. You know, I believe that that's Ted's attitude. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What is it that you have for me? Because you can use me. When you're looking over this whole earth for people to use and you see me, you're going to see that you can use me. I'm open. I'm available. Whatever it is. You know, that's why a, a good chunk of the reason why we've taken that attitude because of the example that Ted set right after I got saved. I mean, immediately after I got saved. Um, uh, literally that night I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. That night I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Pastor Ziggy wasn't there that morning. He was in revival, I think, in Yukon, which meant Ted wasn't there either because um, he was in revival in Yukon. And that night was, I think, the first night that Ted picked me up for a revival, right? The night that I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And for months and months and months and months until I could drive myself, um, Ted would pick me up. And man, that was such a great example of the character of God and how God is towards his children. And, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it for a long time, but I was thinking about that a little bit today. And I thought, man, that's so awesome that Ted did that. And the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and Ted knows this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, where do you think he learned that? him. He learned it from the Lord. He learned it in following after the Spirit of God. It's pretty incredible. Um, so we have to be obedient to do whatever it is that he tells us to do. Obedience is the key that opens the door. Amen. Does anybody have any questions about supernatural increase, about obedience, about specific situations? And then go ahead and get your offering ready. No, I'm just joking. I mean, be obedient, but 
I'm just joking, not being serious. <laughs> Amen, I received that in the name of Jesus. Uh, that was not manipulation, just for the recording and everybody else that was here. I was honestly joking. That was not manipulation at all. Don't be coming after me. Amen. Some people get crazy, you know, but amen. You know, I, I think it's incredible that God is such a good God that he is just constantly, he's, he's pouring out on us all the time, all the time. Um, those times that they don't feel that way, you, might, uh, you not, might not be in the position to receive. You know, sometimes it's tough to give. Sometimes that whole process is frustrating. I know before I was tithing and giving offering and doing that, how I was supposed to be doing, things would be frustrating. You know, I would have money and money would go so fast. When I wasn't, when I wasn't lined up, things would just fall apart financially for me. It would be so difficult for me to sit in services and have nothing to give. I mean, I'd give whatever. I'd give a watch off my wrist. I mean, sometimes I still do. But it wasn't until I really got over there and I was being obedient to do what he told me to do in tithing and offering, giving, and uh, lining myself up with um, his principles and his word in regards to finances that I began to see, you know, we don't have those same troubles. We're, we don't struggle like some struggle. And it's completely the grace of God. It's completely his goodness because... We decided, before we even got married, we decided we're getting married and we are going to tithe. We're gonna, and we're not tithing on our net. We're tithing on our gross. We're not just tithing, but we're going to be offering givers. We're going to give big offerings. We're not going to give little offerings. We're, not, we're, we're just not going to do that. We're going to give big because we're trying to stretch out here. We, we decided that from the beginning. Um, and we're honest, honestly, open to hearing the Lord, you know, Lord, if you tell me to give a car, I'll, I'm not sure how to get that quite done, but I will figure it out. Um, I'm willing, I'm willing to do it. I'm open to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give big. I'm open to do it. And uh, Ayla, she's, she has stretched me out in that area a lot that, because I've watched her do it so many times. There was a time when Ayla moved, and I'm only talking because y'all have questions, so if you want me to stop talking, ask a question, or We'll uh, end here in a minute. Um, Ayla, though, when, when she moved here, she moved here following after the Spirit of God. The Lord told her to move to Oklahoma from Indiana. How crazy is it that now we're in the situation that we're in? You know, back then, the word of the, all he said was, you need to move to Oklahoma. Ayla moves to Oklahoma to, to participate in the ministry of Winter's Church and the evangelistic ministry and all these different things. And she's pumped. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get this done. So she transferred from Coles in Indiana to Coles in Edmond. And, you know, how, how long was it? Two years? A year? Before you were able to come to services? Oh, it was only like three months. I'm way off. I was getting crazy. See, that's why I got to be careful. That's why we balance each other out because that word was about to be like three years. Three years Ayla didn't get to come to church. No, it was about three months that, you know, the purpose of her moving here was to participate in the ministries of Winter's Church and to help Pastor Ziggy and to do all these things. Ayla would go to work and she'd show up at the church and Pastor Ziggy would be like, all right, y'all are dismissed. You have a good night for months. And there was some frustration that came along with that, right? That was tough. And she wasn't making any money. She told me how much she was making. How much was it again? She, two, two, she was making $200 a week. She moved here to make $200 a week. I was amazed. I mean, when she told me that, that was just recent that she told me that. When she told me that, I was amazed because that takes some faith to get out there. 
That takes, amen. I received that in the name of Jesus. That takes some faith to get out there, to move somewhere, to make $200 a week. Honestly, when she said that, I was thinking about my, myself right now. I'm like, I would never. You know, that was my thought. I'm like, I would never. And then I had to repent because I'm like, well, Lord, if you told me to, I need to be doing those things. So then she, she got a job at the state of Oklahoma uh, part-time and things started to get better and started to improve. When you follow after the spirit of God in your life, now she works a job. Kathy will never listen to the recording, but she, she works a job. Pastor Annie, don't tell anybody either. But she works a job and she doesn't do anything. And I don't mean that offensively, like she's lazy, but she makes good money. I mean, good, good money to text me all day. And she does some work. To, to be fair, she does some work. But she's at home every other day. And when she's at home and we're hanging out at home, she is not working. <laughs> we're watching TV. Right now we're watching Suits. It's a great show. Um, but when you follow after the Spirit of God, he'll put, not all the time, I, I, I will say this, you know, he may say, you're going to work and you're going to work hard. You know, that may be his plan for that season for, for a specific purpose. But for Ayla, what he, what he did was, I'm going to use the state of Oklahoma as an avenue to provide for you, to fulfill the call of God, and to fulfill my plan for you at Winter's Church. And you know, that's so true, especially right now. Everybody said, you need to take some time. And Isaac's coming along, and they're like, you need to slow down. You're going to have to slow way down. You're going to have to slow down. We have ramped way, way up. We're doing more now every single day than we have ever done. And Isaac, he's just along for the ride. He sleeps when he can sleep. And I believe one of these days, you know, we, we, we uh, I'll finish here. I'll pray us out here in just a second. But when he was in the womb, Pastor Ben was here. It had to have been in January or March when he was here, January. And Ayla would feel Isaac doing backflips in the womb. I mean, it, and I would put my hand on her belly. It was crazy. And it would be at the times that the spirit of God was moving. He'd just go wild. He would be calm all day long and still mostly is to, to this day. He's calm all the time. We get to church and he hears the word being preached. He goes wild. I mean, it's, he's responding to the anointing of God. And it's, it's incredible. So we always uh, joke around Gil. He'll get a tongue and he'll be over here and he'll be shouting in tongues and then he'll stop. And we'll look at Isaac like, do you have the interpretation? His first word might be an interpretation. You know, I don't know. Um, Come on now. Amen. We're, we're not, we're not uh, saying that God can't do it. Amen. But we believe that God has a plan, uh, even for Isaac. And it's important. You know, I was talking about this the other day with somebody else, too, that it's important for your kids to see you do tough things. It's important for kids to see you do tough things in serving the Lord. It's important for them to see you um, put yourself out there and to stick around late and to pick things up and to offer your help. And, you know, if you offer your help to Pastor Ziggy and he takes you up on it, there's a good chance you're going to get wore out because he has energy like nobody else I've ever met in my whole life. We'll go and we'll clean planes and I'll be under a plane. I get under the planes and, and Gabe gets under the planes too to, to polish the belly and to polish under the wings and to clean under them and stuff like that because it's easier for us than it is for Pastor Ziggy. Um, and man, my arms will be like noodles from holding a polisher. After like one wing, it'll be, I'll be texting in and I'll be like, 
I'm praying to God that the Holy Spirit tells him to go home or something because it'll be 11 p.m. We'll be two hours away, and he'll be like, so what time were you thinking you wanted to get out of here? He said, because I think we could finish tonight. And I'm thinking, there's no way we can finish tonight. I mean, maybe it'll, we'll, we'll have to eat breakfast here tomorrow morning too, but it'll take all night long. And he just, he has, he doesn't have stop in him. Like, that's just how he is. Um, so if you put yourself out there to, to work, he'll probably work you. Um, and there are times that we put ourselves out there like that. And now Isaac, he's a part of that. He, uh, he's serving, <laughs> serving alongside us. Amen. Big time blessing. But um, so no questions. Nobody has any questions about supernatural increase. God's plan to prosper you. Amen. I do want to encourage you, um, if you're not a tither, become a tither. Start where you're at right now. Look at what you have. You know, you don't have to start with all that you owe. Start with what you have right now. Look at what you have. Get on the app and just give a tenth of it. And then when you get paid, just do it. Do it before you do anything else. Then you don't have a choice. Your money can't scare you if you just do it. If you just get out there and do it. And uh, your money will stop talking to you in that way that it's been talking to you, telling you what you can and can't do. You know, money will tell you you can't come to church. Money will tell you you can't do this. It's important that, you know, you align yourselves in that way. Big time important. It's not important for the church. It's important for you. It's important for your life. It's important for your walk with God. There's a whole aspect of God's nature that you'll never understand until you get out there and do that. Amen. It's just the truth. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll pray us out since there are no questions and you don't have anything else to say. You don't have a word or anything. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 8.30. You've already eaten dinner, right? I mean, yeah, you're good. We're good for another hour and a half then. Oh, I, uh, okay, so um, I'll try and keep this short, but uh, basically um, I, I feel like, like I'm somewhat of an anomaly because of, because of like my background and kind of where, you know, where I came from. I'm, 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 I don't, I barely have a high school education. Um, you know, I, I scraped by just enough to graduate, and then I was like, I'm going to join the Army, and I'm going to live life. And then 9-11 happened, and I had to, no backup plan. And so I kind of floundered around for a long time, and then I met Tabby, and uh, we got married. And, of course, you know, she was raised by Pastor Ziggy and, and, and Ted and Debbie. And so that was one of the things that, that she always did. And I was, I was raised by a man. My father said, um, if, if, if God wants me to give something, I will take my paycheck to the bank, cash it, get dollar bills, throw it up in the air, whatever he wants, he can take. And I'll just keep the rest. So that was kind of like the way I was raised. So when, whenever uh, my wife started talking about giving, I was like, well, um, you can give out of your paycheck, but, you know, I'm keeping mine. I need that. And so I, we struggled, you know, uh, at first when, when, when we first got married, our account was negative a lot and everything like that. And, um, and so uh, I, I can't remember. It, it had to have been around the time that that we that I personally met Pastor Ziggy at, at Calvary Temple, and um, it just really started to make sense, you know. Like, and and the Holy Spirit's saying, just just try it, humor me. And I think that may have been part of part of uh, part of uh, Pastor Ziggy's message at the time is, why don't you just humor the Holy Spirit, you know, give 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 something and and, and just believe. And so I was like, okay, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm like way down here in the negative. Uh, what's it going to hurt? So I started doing that. And, um, you know, we had uh, gotten pregnant with the girls. And I needed a real job. God provided that. 
Not to mention, not to mention the fact that uh, I wasn't even qualified for it. Um, I don't want to explain why, but I just wasn't qualified for it. So um, I've done nothing but actually increase in my finances since then. And, and even, even times where, where, you know, at the beginning of it, it was just getting into, into giving, um, I would even tell Tabby, I'm like, you know, maybe we shouldn't give this week. I mean, did you look at the account? And she would just look at me like, yeah, shut your mouth. No. So um, because of that, you know, like I've done nothing but, but increase in my finances. And of course, so has Tabby, uh, you know, when she was able to work finally. And, and uh, um, not to mention the fact that two recessions, I've never been laid off, never had to take a cut in pay, never had any less than, than 40 hours a week. Um, always increased our giving, w was able to, God is, God is, is uh, supernaturally um, sustaining and preserving our, our stuff. It's lasting longer. Um, I mean, our car is like super old, yet it, we have hardly any issues with it beyond normal wear and tear. So he, he's preserving all of our stuff. Um, and um, it, it, there's people that I know that, that have a better education, that, that went to college, that make less money than I do, that have spent time being laid off, that, that don't, that never financially recovered from COVID. Like we don't have that. And it's 100% due to, and everybody's like, well, you're in a demand job, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's something that people are required to do, you know? I'm like, it has nothing to do with it. I knew people who got laid off. I've known people who've gotten fired for being stupid. You know, I'm like, I'm obedient in my walk with God and I, and I tithe. So therefore I'm, you know, kind of, you know, in my, in my job, I'm one of the, the higher up people in my, in my department. And so, um, and I'm actually one of, had, had been one of the younger ones. Now I'm turning into the old guy, but, but for, for the longest time, I was one of the younger people that was in the position that I, that I'm in. So, um, that, that's all 100% due to giving my tithe, being faithful and serving, um, cause that has a lot to do with it too. Uh, and, and not just serving, but then also giving God, uh, t uh, time beyond that. Um, you know, uh, uh, praying at home or, 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 or looking into something like if I feel something in my spirit, I'm going to say, well, God, you know, spend time with you and, 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 you know, and work through this and, and, you know, seek knowledge. That's, that's giving of yourself. Um, so, um, that's all, and, and our lives are all the better for it. You know, uh, my daughter serves and the rest of the kids will probably start serving too at some point. <laughs> and you know it's um and for the most part they're good kids you know i've oh, yeah. i've only threatened to kill three of them <laughs> on numerous occasions what i was going to say too about that you le i think you left out a big part of the testimony that you can buy groceries for all yeah. of those kids for your whole family i mean that's a testimony all well, by itself that's a miracle after finding out what michael salazar spends on food yeah. i'm never going to feel bad <laughs> he's about the exception our though he's the I'm exception never yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing is, is, is we don't, we don't, we don't, I don't, I don't know if, if anybody's been there before where you're like, you're like, oh, you know, if, if you spent money, you're like, oh, am I going to have enough to do? This? We don't worry about that because we have the peace of God about our finances. We have Amen. the peace of God about him, about that. And that's another blessing that comes with it yes. is you have this, you have this sense of peace about everything because yeah. you know that every, your house is covered, Come your on. bills are covered, everything. And that's so, right. um. Uh, be faithful in that. Never, never, never for one second doubt that you should give beyond, you know, the tithe. You know, if you're hearing something, you know, do it because, um, 
you know, I should probably be a statistic, you know, uh, you know, 40 year old divorced man with a bunch of child support and, you know, <laughs> and a beer gut and all that stuff. I can't imagine the child support. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the real reason, guys. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm serious, though. Like, I, I feel like I've defied the odds of, of like the modern, you know, male um, and or family person um, simply because of being obedient. Right. And that's that's really what we're talking about is, is that peace that comes along with knowing who your God is and what he's capable of doing. Um, I think that that's an aspect of his nature that you can't understand until you put yourself out there and give and he shows up and provides everything that you have need of. He, he does it over and over and over again. You know, you build up confidence in God when he works in your life. You build up confidence. When you see people healed, you build up confidence that God can heal the sick. Amen. Which, speaking of, we're going to the hospital on Friday. Join us there. Amen. Amen. I'll pray and uh, we'll be dismissed unless somebody else has anything else that they need to say. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you again for this opportunity, Lord. You're faithful to show up. Lord, you're faithful every time we gather that you show up. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your word declared and what you've sp spoken to our hearts, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for touching your people right now from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, I thank you for touching their finances right now in Jesus' name. Lord, where the world is suffering, God, I thank you that God's people don't have to participate in that economy, in that system. But God, we align ourselves with your word. We align ourselves with your economy, with your system. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God, that you'll provide all that we have have need of and then some God that you'll provide seed to the sower and bread for food and Lord that we would know uh, the difference between the two not that we would not eat our seed or sow our bread in Jesus name I thank you Lord for all that you're doing in your people in Jesus name amen amen